In the holy name of Jesus, amen. It is a tender story. A virgin conceives and she bears a child. And tonight, that child comes looking for each one of you. Behind that very tender story of a blessed mother and a holy child is your very own Heavenly Father and His Holy Spirit. You should know that those three, the Father, the Child, and the Spirit, have spent every second since time began thinking about you. It really is this simple. God made you to love you, and he was grieved when he lost you. And now, more than anything else, God would like you home again for Christmas. It's a tender story, and that tenderness is very, very important because we live in such a ferocious world. You might think for a moment about the past year. People murdered, tortured, gassed, and terrorized. Starving, freezing, just disappearing and drowning at sea. People hated, enslaved, abused, beheaded, and infected. It is a list of troubles that goes beyond trouble. It is a list of sins that very quickly goes to despair. And those ferocious stories apply across the lines of maps and language and color and culture. Our hardness and our darkness cuts in all directions. Now, it may sound odd to hear all of that on Christmas Eve, which is meant to be a night of celebration. All of that seems so sad. It seems so off-topic. But it really is the reason that we have gathered here again this evening, yearning for Jesus' arrival. In a sense, Christmas Eve is a confession. It is a confession that we cannot fix ourselves, that our way of fixing things, that you heard about in the Old Testament reading for this evening, our way of more power and more press and more force, more Caesar and more Quirinius and more Herod, more yokes and staves and rods and boots and garments rolled in blood, all of that in the long run, it only makes things worse. But you should not despair. It is Christmas. And it is a very, very tender story and once again tonight, this story is yours. The very best thing about the story is it's not ours. A child, really. Watch the news. A child shall lead them. Really, really? A prince of peace? It is so clever. And it is so beyond us. It is so not the way that we would do things that it is genius. 
how less to threaten us than to come as a child, and how more to love us than to drop into our arms utterly defenseless and trusting and begging for an embrace and awakening divine love within us. That is what all babies do to some extent, but it is divinely true for this child. The other best thing about this story is that it's free. I know free is hard to believe. And in a sense, I guess there is a hidden cost. Have light, and it will cost you darkness. Have joy, and it will cost you sadness. Peace will cost us violence, and love will cost us hate. Justice will cost us oppression, and good will cost us evil, and someday soon, the baby Jesus will grow up, and then he will cost you all your other gods. He will also cost you yourself. Lay down your life, take up your cross, follow me. It's all right. That other way, working it out ourselves with other gods and in our own fashion, the last year is proof that that really didn't work out so well. So this is Christmas, and let's try something else. It turns out that when we are honest about our lives, then our lives become bright and hopeful. We were lost, but now we're found. We can't fix ourselves, but we can be fixed. We can't raise ourselves from the dead, but the dead can be raised. The list goes on and on. But it really is this simple, that Jesus has come among us as a redeemer to make wrongs right, that Jesus has come among us as a savior and now doing right, doing what is just and doing what is true, doing what is beautiful is possible for us. The hope, of course, is that this love, this divine love, this redeeming love will have its way with you right now tonight, that his love will change you, and that love and joy and peace and justice and good and true gods and others, not self, will become the primary thing. I know it sounds naive. To our ways, divine love is inefficient, and it is often invisible, and it usually takes some time. It's like yeast rising in bread. It's like wheat coming up in the spring after a long winter. That's how Jesus will talk about his kingdom when he grows up. So waiting for love to work waiting for folks to love, especially folks who want their own way right now, who need power tonight. Those folks mostly ignore Jesus and divine love and are usually given to force and sometimes to violence. But that is not us. This is us. 
Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and he who loves is born of God and knows God, for God is love. That's us. And that tonight is your gift. That is your life. That is your Christ, tender, naive, loving, and free. So Christ is here once again on his own birthday to look for you and to find you, to love you and to bless you, and soon to touch you with holy things, the memory of your baptism, the living voice of Jesus, the holy absolution, and especially the holy Eucharist on the altar, on the cross, and on the arms of Mary. Jesus now puts himself in holy places, available to you. And his touch means that it is actually possible. Despite the terrors of the last year, it's actually possible, starting right now, in this place, in our own little corner of the world, in our own families, in our own communities, in our own congregation, to live in tenderness and gentleness in forgiveness and in patience, and especially in redeeming love, if we will only have it. That's the story. It's Christ and his Father and his Spirit. And so the grief is over again, and the joy has come in the flesh. And he is here to find you and forgive you and to walk with you on your way home. It is the reason that angels sing. It is the reason that there is light in the darkness. In the holy name of Jesus, Merry Christmas. Amen.